Greetings my movie geeks. What happens if a movie doesn't get the reaction or box office that it should, but also the franchise rights are sold to a different production company? That's right, you get a reboot. After the Halcyon Company's legal issues and bankruptcy, Megan W. Ellison, founder of Annapurna Pictures and producer on uh, Zero Dark Thirty, Her, Phantom Thread and American Hustle, bought the rights collaborating with Skydance Productions, owned by Ellison's brother, David, to produce a new Terminator movie. But this time, the first of a trilogy. Again! First off, hit like, share, subscribe and the bell icon to be notified every Wednesday of new videos. In an attempt to revamp the series, not that it needed revamping after Terminator Salvation, in my opinion, watch last week's video, Genesis went full throttle into the time travel trope that made the franchise famous. It even based itself around the fact that it will be travelling back to LA May 12th, 1984, a Thursday. Well, actually it was a Saturday in real life, but the opening of the film is told from Carl Reese's perspective, in what I can only say is extremely bad casting. Jai Courtney replaces Anton Yelchin as Carl Reese. The opening confirms that salvation didn't happen, or maybe a variation did, giving a new introduction for John Connor saving and meeting Reese. But this time, we do get the night battles and laser guns that was missing from salvation, and which we saw in the original. So that's a win, is it? The opening is interesting, as I see this is where the original trajectory for Salvation movies were headed. But Genesis successfully gave us the final battle against Skynet and the human race, ending with the deployment of the new T-800. The original Terminator from the original film. Connor knows that it would end like this, and asks for volunteers to go back to save Sarah Connor, now played by Amelia Clark, which Reese does. But... Here, we see Reese get sent back to the, at the same time as the 11th Doctor, Matt Smith, who is later revealed to be Skynet, attacks Connor. Reese travels back in time, seeing different life, which he could have led as a, his younger self, saying Skynet is Genesis. The idea that at this point, Reese splits and two alternate Terminator universes are created is interesting. But why would a young Reese tell himself that Genesis is Skynet? He'd have to have that foreknowledge. The whole of the next sequence is basically a shot-for-shot -shot remake of The Terminator, down to the bin man saying, What the hell? Watch it. It gets me every time. It's very well done, down to the facial CGI of The Terminator, a mixture of Terminator and Terminator 2. Kyle Reese is able to steal his Nike Airs whilst running for a T-1000. It's a clever update to a film that is well-loved, and I mean well-loved, but the problem is, that is all this film is, and it's all it has to offer. Once they leave 1984, which they do fairly quickly, it becomes slightly run-of-the-mill. I'm not saying I didn't like it, because when me and my wife left the cinema, we said we really enjoyed it, and I did. I had a good time with it. Arnold Schwarzenegger returns as the T-800, called Pops. This I don't like. Who was sent back to Sarah Connor's childhood to save her from another T-1000, which it does make sense they'd send more than one T-1000 back, 
although was Robert Patrick a prototype? Again, it's an interesting idea, which could have made for its own movie, but we get a flashback and a reason why Pops looks Schwarzenegger's age. The twist of the film, which was spoiled in the trailer, as usual, uh, was that John Connor, the saviour of human resistance, had become a Terminator himself. Bear that in mind. That would have been an amazing twist in a film that is rewriting the history of Terminator. But like I said, it was spoiled. Connor, now played by Jason Clarke, is the antagonist and an advanced Terminator T-3000, a nanotech Terminator hybrid that has John's memories but is designed to ensure Skynet's survival. It's almost like that's been done before slightly, in a way. Hmm, which film? An interesting premise which takes the saviour John Connor and takes him out completely. Which, I suppose, Terminator Dark Fate took one step further. But alas, I had a better idea. When I say it becomes run-of-the-mill, it does, because the latter part of the film becomes a race to destroy Skynet. Again, it's, like I say, it's Terminator 2 all over again, with snippets of Terminator. Another interesting idea is that Pops falls into a vat of liquid metal that just needs a CPU to become sentient. He returns as a T-1000 liquid metal Terminator. Arnold Schwarzenegger, a liquid metal Terminator, would have been great. He stopped Genesis from launching by blowing it up, ending with Reese and Connor to kiss and ride off into the sunset with Pops. Unfortunately, and as this was supposed to start a new trilogy again, it set up Skynet survival and some story threads that would be answered in the next movie. <laughs> Never to see the light of day. But it failed, and due to a low domestic box office of 89.7 million and a worldwide box office take of 440.6 million, that, according to Forbes, was below what they needed to break even. It also didn't help that it was released after the highly successful Jurassic World and Inside Out from previous weeks. These are all characters we've seen before, but this time there's yet another different take. My biggest problem with this movie is Kyle Reese, or well, I should say Jai Courtney, which he's okay in some things. Um, I don't really see him as Kyle Reese. If you watched last week's episode of, uh, of In Defense of about Terminator Salvation, you'll know that I preferred Anton Yelchin's portrayal of Reese. For myself, Courtney is just too big for Reese. Compared to Yelchin and Michael Bean, they look as though they've been fighting for their lives, hardly eating and just barely surviving. You see Michael Bean give bread to some kids who are starving. Courtney looks as though he's been on a protein build diet. They do go out of their way to give him the similar scars in the 1984. Amelia Clark plays Sarah Connor, which I think is fairly good casting. To be honest, she's not bad. And the the movie plays it as a role reversal between Sarah and Kyle, with Kyle being the fish out of water, as she is in the original movie. But this time with more hilarious outcomes. I say hilarious because there are some funny bits peppered. Sarah, however, is portrayed as the Sarah who we see in Terminator 2. She's headstrong and a fighter, being trained from a young age by Pops to fight Terminators. It does work, but I suppose it, it, it only works because the groundwork has been laid in an Eta movie. 
in the franchise. Arnold Schwarzenegger returns because he's not governor anymore as the T-800 who has aged up and has been taught to laugh and cry probably by Sarah to help him infiltrate human race. There is a setup narrative that states the memory of who sent him back has been erased, obviously to answer in a following movie that never happened. But we'll never know. Jason Clark plays John Connor, the saviour of mankind, and he plays it well, even after the reveal that he's a new Terminator, the T-3000. Skynet infects Connor with nanotechnology at the moment Carl Reese is sent back to 1984, fracturing the timeline. It's an interesting concept that works to an extent, but I think knowing who the enemy was going into the movie made this film suffer. Trailers, man. They're getting better. Matt Smith plays the T-5000, a Terminator that embodies Skynet. This Terminator travels through many timelines, searching for a way to defeat the human resistance, and ultimately infiltrates it under the guise of a fighter named Alex. He was all in the posters and everything. Come on, you got Doctor Who. But blink and you'll miss it because the T-5000, or Matthew Smith, is barely in the movie. He appears at the beginning, infecting John, and at points near the end, as Skynet becomes self-aware in 2017, and in a post-credit scene. A number of visual effects companies were involved in creation of the special effects of the film, including Industrial Light and Magic, Moving Picture Company, and Double Negative, working on a number of special effects shots and included the, re, uh, the rendering of the T-1000, T-5000, and T-3000 Terminators. <sighs> that was hard to say. The helicopter and bus chase scenes and the Cyberdyne explosion. The effects in this film are good. You can't fault them. But it's the T-3000 which took the most effort to produce, as it had to be complex, as it was a series of nanomites uh, with the ability to transform in successive layers. A single frame took 20 hours to render. The mechanical cells aim to resemble uh, the material on stealth aircrafts and the result described as more matte than metal and resembling a slightly iridescent ceramic carbon, which I think the Terminator from Dark Fate seemed to have this look too. Double Negatives artists shot many reference plates from San Francisco, including scans of the Golden Gate Bridge to ensure that the city was recreated properly in the bus and helicopter chases. DC's most elaborate effect was the digital recreation of the original Terminator, which required 12 months and 35 shots completed 30 minutes before the final print was submitted to the studio. That's running at a deadline. Performance capture was used only for facial animation, since Schwarzenegger was scanned reading his lines. Uh, the studio's artists studied archival footage of the actor focusing mainly on the Terminator and pumping iron. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. And we're, <laughs> and we're given a 1984 plaster cast of him. Again, look, compare this to Salvation, this one looks better. They seem to have taken more time, and I suppose time has passed, it's, it's almost 10 years after that. The special effects in this film work extremely well, giving it a recognisable look, but also updating it slightly to show the progression of Skynet further than the end of the war. Uh, the look of the T-3000 is completely different to what 
the Terminator is known for, taking away the metallic shine and the matte black, making it look more alive and less robotic, and again, carried forward to dark fate. Terminator Genesis was yet another attempt to begin a new trilogy. It failed, as we all know, but it wasn't a bad attempt. It tried to revitalise the series by taking it back to the original. Even getting an endorsement from James Cameron, if <laughs> you've all probably seen the adverts, the <laughs> he endorses the movie um, as part of the previews. Although it makes you think of how much he actually saw of the film, did he just see the opening reshoot of his film and think, wow, yeah, that's really good, because he thought he shot it? Maybe. All we know is that he endorsed it and it failed, meaning the rights actually reverted to James Cameron. Not a bad sequel by any means. It could have been far worse. It tried to fix the problem that arose with Salvation and instead of setting it, on, uh, setting it in one time period, we got the future, the past and the present. No, now the past, but also a split timeline. As I said, with Salvation, it's an interesting route to take, and I think that was a better route to take because it was different to everything else. It would have benefited from having a sequel, uh, and I think it desperately needed that. I enjoyed Genesis. Uh, it did try and give us something new, but if I had to choose between Salvation and Genesis, I'd have preferred to see where the Salvation universe would have gone, especially with the original ending. I think that Salvation series would have been a safe bet leading up to sending Calories back to 1984. Genesis, on the other hand, was an attempt at a new direction that split the timelines, making a new future, but at the same time changing the rules of time travel completely. Genesis failed, and the rights reverted back to James Cameron, who produced the 2019 Terminator Dark Fate that discounted all sequels, just referred to the Terminator and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. That too seems to have been a false start, and as of now, I'm not sure where the Terminator franchise is going. But hey-ho, stick on the first two and just enjoy the fact that they will exist, and don't worry about the rest. I'm your Ultimate Movie Geek, and you've been watching In Defense Of. Thank you all for watching, and please let me know what films you think that I should be defending. Click like, share, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for more videos released every Wednesday. I'll be back. What?